Today's scripture reading comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 5, uh, verses 6 and 8. Uh, if you have a pew Bible, um, they can be found on page 683 of your pew Bibles. I'll give you a minute to turn there. Matthew chapter 5, verses 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Chapter, uh, verse five, uh, chapter 5, verses 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. This is the reading of word. It's a great joy to worship every Sunday. I so look forward to coming to church and want to thank the worship team again week after week after week for leading us into the presence of God. What a great time we've experienced today. We're continuing our study of the Sermon on the Mount. Today we're looking at two of the blessings, two of the Beatitudes. We're looking at Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, and we're looking at Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. Two very important verses And let me just share that over these last few weeks, Evie and I have really been blessed by the congregation. Um, Y'all have overwhelmed us with gifts, with love, letting us borrow your car, let us um, stay in your house. If you like the three bears, you know, going into each person's room and and, um, trying out the bed and seeing which one I like the best. Um, It's been a great, great experience. And this last week, we had an opportunity to visit someone in the congregation who was very happy to share uh, a lot of what was in her house because she's going to be moving shortly. And I must confess that over the last week, I received the favorite gift that I've received since coming to Boston. And I brought it along and I want to show it to you. This is a Haleakala uh, water bottle. Okay, there's one of them. And we're going to put these where you can all see them. Yeah. Put them right here. Um, And guess what? There's not just one. There's two. And part of the reason why I love this was because Haleakala is the tallest mountain in the Hawaiian Islands. It's on the island of Maui. And my wife and I had this awesome experience several years ago of riding horses from the top of Mount Haleakala, which is 10,000 feet tall, down into the edge of the crater. It's the place where they trained the astronauts how to walk on the moon, and it's gorgeous. So we had this wonderful experience of riding horses, and this reminded me of that, and I absolutely love water bottles. In fact, I told the person who gave them to me that I was just about to go to Walmart and get another one, but since she gave me so many, I don't have to go to Walmart. There's more, and this one's blue. I love blue. Um, I didn't bring them all. I only brought one bag full. Um, This one's pink, so I'm going to give it to Evie, okay? Um, But why do I like this? It's because not only does it remind me of my days in Hawaii, it's because these water bottles, they're actually not water bottles. You can put anything in them. They're perfectly suited to my very snobbish taste because I don't like coffee. I don't like Starbucks. But what I do like is Taiwan tea. And so I brought all of my Taiwan tea with me from Taiwan, three boxes of it, enough to carry me six months um, until my next trip 
to Taiwan. And I, I must confess that when I got these, I'm like, every single one of them is perfectly suited to whether I want hot tea or whether I want cold tea. So I like these things because I'm always thirsty. And I think many of you are like that as well. But the other reason why I like these is because I have a discerning palate, you know, and many of you are like that as well. Coming to this area, uh, to the Boston area, is like coming to food Mecca. Now, I thought Taiwan was great, and it is, and I lived near Shirdalu, which was by the great eating spots in all of Taiwan, and I really enjoyed eating there, but I had no idea what awaited me here. Even the McDonald's serve lobster rolls here. I've never seen anything like it in my life, and I, I need to be honest with you, uh, some of the Chinese food that I've been introduced to since being here, it rivals Ding Taifong in Taipei. It's awesome being here. And... I love Chinese food, but I really, really love Italian. But what I crave is Greek food. And one of my friends who grew up in Waltham, who's on my email prayer letter list, um, she sent me an email shortly after I came here and she said, you're moving to Waltham? And I'm like, yeah, on August 15th, I'm moving to Waltham. She said, you must go to Demos. I say it Demos. Some of you say Demos, but it's actually Demos. Anybody know where Demos is? Raise your hand. I want to see. Okay. Some of you know. And when I shared this with some of the pastoral staff this last week, I got this blank stare out of some people like, what? Demos? What is Demos? Greek food? What, what is Greek food? And, and so what I realized is, is that everybody has their own taste. Now, don't they? But when we come to this beatitude and we see that Jesus is talking about our hunger and our thirst, it's reminding us that if we are human beings, we are going to hunger and we're going to thirst. It's what it means to be human. Some of you like to follow along with my my outline. Um, Notice my second point. My first point, if you're human, you're going to hunger and thirst, just like I hunger and thirst for everything that there is around here, which is wonderful. But notice my second point, that Jesus, in this beatitude, uses your physical appetites to represent spiritual passions. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. After what? After righteousness. And so in this particular beatitude, he's talking to us about a spiritual Passion, not simply a physical need. Now, why do I mention this? Why do I even take the time to put this in my outline? Isn't that so obvious? I mean, come on, Pastor Tim. Uh, Some of us made high scores on their SATs. Some of you went to MIT. Some of you went to Harvard. Some of you went to Boston University. Some of you um, went to other universities around here. You are an educated congregation. Why do I draw your attention to something that is so obvious, even a child amongst us, Could have gotten it from the text. Let me tell you why. When Jesus uses your physical appetites to represent spiritual passions, one of the things he's doing is he's saying that both are important. Jesus fed the hungry multitudes. He didn't say, oh, everybody, you should fast today. I'm going to give you the Sermon on the Mount. No. What does he do? He feeds the people first. And he doesn't apologize for doing that. What does Jesus do when people are sick? He puts his hands on them. 
and he heals them and he touches them and he blesses them. So when we see how Jesus was and who is Jesus? He is God who became man. He is this, the eternal one who created the universe, who then becomes a human being. So what's the significance of that? It's that our human desires are part of how God has made us. And there's something that we should be thankful about and something that we should celebrate to the glory of God. And one of the reasons why I mention this is because in the history of the church, people have sort of drawn a line between the physical and between the spiritual. And I see this all the time. And after my more, several hundred trips to mainland China, working amongst the house church Christians, I find that they do this a lot. They sort of separate the spiritual from the physical. And so the physical or the secular is nothing, but the spiritual is everything. And we're tempted to do it, too. Um, and we do it in a lot of different ways. But what Jesus is doing when he takes our physical appetites and uses them to represent spiritual passions, he's telling us to celebrate the humanity that we have in our bodies today. Now, that sort of works fine with um, food, sort of works fine with drink. But what do you do with sexual desire? <clears throat> that is something that people often... In many um, situations, they just don't even want to talk about it. You pretend like your teenagers don't have sexual desire. Uh, and that is not going to be a good way to raise your kids. You need to talk to them about what the Lord says about it. So what does the Lord say we do with these physical um, appetites that we have? Hunger, thirst, sexual desire. He gives us appropriate ways of expressing them. And even with regards to our sexuality, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7... <clears throat> Paul tells us in verses 8 and 9 that if you have two people who are, in a sense, in love and they have a strong desire that they want to be together, Paul says to them, let them marry because it's better to marry than to burn. Now, I think this is important today because a lot of the strategy of the church, a lot of the strategy that parents are using to deal with sexual desire and telling people what to do or what not to do goes like this. Just say no. It doesn't work. Paul doesn't say, just say no. He says, just get married. And that, um, that strikes us as or rather funny. And part of the reason why it strikes us as funny is because here's the hoops we have to go through before we get married. Okay, first, you've got to graduate high school. That was hard for me. I shared last week it was math, okay? Then you have to go to college. Then what happens after college? What do you have to do after college? You're not married yet, people. What, what has to happen after college? you got to get a job, okay? Then you, you get a job. And what happens after you get a job? That's not good enough. You can't get married yet. After you get a job, what do you got to get? you got to get a house. Yes, thank you. Um, and then after you get the job and the house, then you can get married. And how old are you when this happens, people? You're in your 30s. Um, you're between the ages of 29 and 32 if you're on the young end of the spectrum. Now, when you take that paradigm and put it next to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 7, you have one royal problem on your hands, okay? Because the desire starts in your teens and you're telling somebody, wait 15, 16, 17 years. And what that does is it gives so many opportunities for sexual sin. Let me tell you what I think parents ought to be, able, ought to be doing with their kids concerning this. And I'm going to make a lot of people mad right now. I'm going to offend some people. Parents are going to be listening to the tape. I'm going to have more emails this week than I had last week to deal with. Um, but 
let me share with you what I did with our kids. When my son was 15 and our daughter was 17, and we were in Florida for a year furlough, I went up to Alice and Martin. I said, let's have a talk, okay? Um, and I had had many talks with Martin. He talks to me about everything, so of course he talks to me about having feelings, um, sexual feelings when he was a teenager. So I said, let's have a talk. And look, kids, I want to be honest with you. If you find the right person and you fall in love and they're a Christian, um, I don't want you to do what everybody else is doing out there. They're putting their academic pursuits and their financial goals above the command of God. So I don't want you doing what so many people do in college, which is falling into sexual sin. Instead, here's... Here's what I'll do. If you find the right person and they're a Christian and and it's it it was definitely to be, then you get married early from age 16 on. You can get married and I'll support you until you're out of college. And then after you get your first degree, you can be on your own, support your family financially. But I said, there's one thing I don't want you to do. And that's fall into sin. Now, brothers and sisters, when we see Jesus saying, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, he's telling us that righteousness is more important than anything. It's more important than our educational goals. It's more important than anything in the heart of God. But see, the problem is, is our values are skewered. We have the world's values. We have Confucius's values, for goodness sake. He sits on my left, on my right shoulder and I think Jesus sits on my left shoulder. And sometimes Confucius wins, sometimes Jesus wins. But they're constantly talking to each other. And one of the things that is so important for those who came from a Confucian heritage, which many of you did, even if you don't know that, um, you're raised under Confucian values. It's education is so important. And your job is so important. Brothers and sisters, I'm here today to tell you, with the authority of Almighty God and the text of Scripture, that your holiness is more important. So if that means that you're in that situation, don't sin. Instead, do what Paul says in relationship to that. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not telling all of you guys to get married early. And I'm certainly not saying that college isn't important or that getting a job or supporting your family isn't important as a precursor to getting married. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is simply this. When Jesus says, blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness, he's saying that the most important thing in all of our lives ought to be doing what it is that God wants us to do and not falling into the sin which is all around us and even inside our own hearts. So Jesus uses our physical appetites then to represent these spiritual passions. And it's really quite, quite interesting. But notice something else. And I've already uh, alluded to it by talking about the problem that there is today in our world. But the third point of my outline, and I want to go to another passage as well. I want to go to First Corinthians. But the third point of my outline is this, that all of us as human beings who have human desires, um, we're tempted to choose a temporary sinful fix over what ultimately satisfies. And it doesn't matter whether we're talking about, you know, just eating and drinking or whether we're talking about the pursuit of God. And sometimes we find sin to be more attractive than than choosing God. But I think that we're tempted to choose a temporary sinful fix over what ultimately satisfies. Now, I have an illustration 
um, for this, but I need a volunteer. It, is anybody thirsty today? Anybody really thirsty? Come on up. Come on up. <clears throat> I need a thirsty person. <clears throat> I'm going to get my other bag. There's always going to be bags of goodies. And as you can see, this bag came from Market Basket. Thank you for introducing me to Market Basket. <clears throat> now, how thirsty are you? On a scale of one to ten, yeah, nine. Yeah. Nine. What, what's your name? Ryan. Ryan. Nice to meet you. Okay. I also am thirsty. I'm terribly thirsty right now. So I'm going to give you a choice, Ryan. Uh, I'm going to give you a choice. But you only get to choose one. But here's the catch. You've got to drink it all, whichever one you choose. Okay, now let's talk about what I have over here. Um, what is this? Sparkling natural water. Yeah, this is sparkling natural mineral water, San Pellegrino. Yum. Um, and what is this? Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola, we all know that. Do you know how many calories are in this? 240. Uh, actually, yeah, that's right. 240. <laughs> like, how did he know that? Okay. Awesome. Um, so, you know, you got a choice to make, all right? You got a choice to make. You got a choice to make. You're super thirsty, right? What's it going to be? <gasps> Good choice. Wonderful. Okay, have a seat. Thank you, Ryan. Wow. <clears throat> he did not fall into sin. Praise God. Okay, is there anyone else here thirsty today? Come on up. Coming up, yeah. Now, this is going to be really interesting. Okay. Uh, what's your name? John. John. Welcome, John, up front. Now, John, I'm really sorry. I, I gave away the Pellegrino. Um, I only have one thing. It's a Coke. How many calories? 148. No, not 148. Try it again. 240. 240. Do, do you want this? He was thirsty, but now he's not quite sure. Okay, so I don't have anything more to offer you but this. Do you want it? You want it? How bad do you want it? A little bit on a scale of one to ten. How bad do you want it? With one being just a little and ten being, I want this Coke. Five. Okay, well then, are you going to take it? Yeah, do you want it? Okay, ambivalence. All right, great. Now, you've got to drink the whole thing. All right, so please. Now, John and Ryan, I have news for you. Ryan, you're going to enjoy that, that San Pellegrino. John, you're going to drink that whole Coke. And at the end of it, you're not necessarily going to be satisfied. And why do I know this? Because I do it week after week after week. Okay, so I'm the voice of experience. Now, this is what I'm talking about. You're tempted to choose a temporary sinful fix over what ultimately satisfies. So, Ryan, bingo. Yes. Hallelujah. Now, is anyone hungry today? I need a hungry victim. Anybody hungry? There's more in my bag, as you can imagine. Um, someone want to come up, please? Anyone? Anybody hungry? You're afraid of what's in my bag. I do not have snakes in my bag. Uh, okay? Is there anyone here hungry today? Uh, yes. Come on up. <clears throat> Coming up on this side. Introduce yourself. So everybody knows who you are. I am Sam 
Okay, Samuel, we are glad to have you here today. Now, let me show you what I have to offer. In my right hand, I have my favorite snack of choice for after 11 o'clock at night. It's called Pringles with cheddar cheese. Ever seen these before? Do you like them? Not kind of. Not or kind of? Kind of. Okay, you kind of like that. Okay, now, what do we have here? No, yeah, it's tomatoes, carrots, broccoli, and cheese. Now, as I show you your two choices, are you still hungry? Uh, <laughs> uh, yes or no? Well, maybe like six. Oh, okay, about a six on a scale of one to ten. Okay, now, which would you rather have? The Pringles? They taste so awesome as they leave a salty taste in your mouth. Or... The healthy snack. I've actually only had the original the Pringles. You've only had the original Pringles. Well, you've not lived until you've had the cheese ones. Okay. <laughs> so, um, well, which would you rather have? This is a very important choice. Your mother is looking at you right now. Okay. Oh, yes. Everybody give him a hand. Thank you, Samuel. Have a seat. Okay. Wow. Um, the children in this congregation are so mature. Um, is anyone else hungry today? Anyone else hungry? Okay. Anyone else hungry? Okay. Anyone else hungry? Uh, anyone else hungry? Okay. Come on up. <clears throat> Now, what is your name? Eddie. Eddie. I just met Eddie during the, during the service earlier today. Nice to meet you, Eddie. Thank you for coming up. Are you hungry? Yes. Scale of one to ten. Nine. Nine. <gasps> well, unfortunately, Eddie, the only thing I have to give you is these. And it's got a lot of, lot of fat. An awful lot of fat. A lot of calories. But it's, it's sort of tasty. Do, do you want them? You want them? <laughs> you want them? Are you sure you want them? You're going to have to eat the whole, whole, whatever you call this thing in English, I can't remember. But, yeah, I know Pringles, but I can't remember what you call this. It's ping in Chinese. You got to eat the whole ping. Um, you want them? Well, before you eat them, you got to clear this with your mom and dad, because I don't want any mom and dads mad. And if they say, then you can eat the whole thing. Otherwise, you just get to stay hungry. But hey, there you go. But... <laughs> okay, <laughs> he wants them now. Okay, we've all been there. We've all done that. Okay, you can have a seat, okay? Don't show us. You're going to make everybody want to eat them, all right? Eat them in private. All right, so what's the point? What, Eddie, i got some news for you, bro. You're going to eat those things, and you're going to feel like I do at 12 o'clock at night. Oh, man, I'm still hungry, okay? It felt really good going in. And then after it sits there for a little while, it does nothing for you and it doesn't satisfy. And brothers and sisters, that is exactly what Jesus means when he gives us this beatitude. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. The only thing that ultimately satisfies in your life when it comes to spiritual passions is doing what it is that Jesus wants you to do. And our whole lives is a constant temptation going back and forward, back and forth between temptation 
and choice. Temptation and choice. Will I choose the quick fix or will I choose what ultimately satisfies? Jesus tells his disciples, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger. And who believes in me shall never thirst. What is he picturing? He's saying, come to me, people. I love you. I gave my life for you. I gave my body to be broken for you. I shed my blood for you. And when you look to Christ by faith, you realize that all that you ultimately need is found in him. And so the Lord Jesus challenges us today. In Galatians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul puts it like this. He, I don't know if we have a slide for that. Do we have a slide for Galatians 5? I thought I had one. Okay. In Galatians 5, I'm not going to read it. You know, I hate it when people give an overhead presentation and they just read what's up there. People, you can read. I'm not going to read it for you, okay? You, you can read it faster than I can say it. But let me summarize it. Paul's talking about there's a, there's a struggle between the flesh and the spirit, between the sinful nature and the spirit. And this struggle is in us all. And so today, let me ask you, where is your struggle? Is it in the area of eating and drinking? Is it in the area of sexual purity? Is it in the area of integrity in your speech? Is it in the area of being willing to be a witness for Christ and to speak up? Where is your spiritual struggle? Where is your temptation? Where are you struggling to enter into what it is that God has for you today? Brothers and sisters, I confess that sometimes my cravings don't go where I think they should go as a Christian. And I think you're probably like me. And we all struggle with with the same things. We struggle to keep our eyes in the right place. We struggle to keep our hearts in the right place. And yet Jesus is there today, every day, standing with us in that moment of temptation, saying, come to me, I'll satisfy you know, the sad thing about giving into the sinful fix, and I know this because of all the times I've blown my diet this past week, and I won't tell you how many times. Um, I was bragging on Facebook. Don't ever brag on Facebook. I bragged about losing eight pounds um, in four weeks after coming to the U.S. Then, then came last week. Um, last week was not a good week. So what happens is, is, it doesn't matter if you're talking about your struggles with eating, your struggles in, in, in another area. You're going to find that these cravings sometimes get the best of you. And so the Lord Jesus today is wooing us back. He's wooing us back. He's saying to all of us, forget the sin. Stop. Think. Choose. Choose righteousness. It will satisfy. Nothing else satisfies. So then what is the goal of our spiritual passion? As, as we think about this, I, I love the next beatitude, Matthew chapter five, verse eight, because it says, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. And so the goal of our spiritual passion is to see God. And what's really terrible about our world today is, is that our world simply focuses in on the physical passions. And they talk about that. They, they say, this is all great, whatever, whatever your physical passion is, and you should definitely um, pursue it. And they forget the fact that there is a spiritual passion, which is even more important. And that spiritual passion, which comes from Matthew 5, verse 8, is to actually see God. Now, let me ask you today, before we go on any farther, what do you want to see today? 
If you could see anything, the goal of your life, what you want to see when you die, what you want to see now, what do you want to see? You see, if you think about that question, well, some of you, if you're like me, you're going to be like a travel buff. One of the things I like to see is sunsets. Did anybody see the sunset last night? Anybody see it? Raise your hand if you saw the sunset last night. Anybody see it? One person? What are you people doing at sunset time? But what, what you ought to be... Okay, we, we, have, we have a few people that, that, that saw it. But I love every night at sunset time because if you look at the clouds, that's where you see all the formations. Last night, going to Market Basket, it's just about sunset. And we look up and I said to Evie, Oh, look, a ducky! There was a duck in the clouds. It was really awesome. So I love watching the sunsets. And part of the reason why I like watching sunsets and sunrises is because it causes me to think about the great God who is our creator, who made this amazing world that we live in. I've got a few pictures I want to share with you. Do we still have those on the slides? These are some of my favorite um, pictures from the last, um, well, I would say some of them are from the last few weeks. Others are, are from a little bit farther back, go back two years. This is Kauai and where Evie and I were staying for vacation right before we came here. And every night I would go take my camera and I couldn't wait for the sunset. Because when I see that and I want to see the sunset, it causes me to ultimately want to see the one who made the sunset. Let's look look at the next one. And the next one. Now, this is in the Gili Islands, one of my favorite snorkeling destinations that I was telling you about in an earlier message. And what I loved about this night was it was like the whole sky was on fire and it was so incredibly beautiful. I didn't really know what to do with it. And when I saw this, I started contemplating, what do I really want to ultimately see? Is it a sunset that lasts for maybe 10 minutes and then the colors are gone? Or is it something else? Or is it someone else? Let's look at the next one. This happened just just a few, um, I think, yeah. This one is also Indonesia. This is a um, sunset in Bali uh, last year when I was writing on a book. And what I loved it is the cloud looks like a bird and then it looks like The sun is coming out of the bird. It's just glorious. Doesn't it make you think about how great our creator God is? Let's look at the next one. The last one. Oops. Well, I think I forgot to put one in there. Okay. Well, there was one I wanted you to see that that, that you won't see. But what do you want to see today? Or let me change the question around just a little bit. Who do you want to see today? Because what we have in The beatitude in Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, it's an invitation to see God himself. And that is the ultimate goal of our spiritual passion. I don't know how many of y'all saw this, but I, I truly think the funniest video on YouTube that I've ever seen in my life is that video of... Uh, a little three-year-old girl named Cody, um, and she was in love with Justin Bieber. Anybody see this? Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. Well, Cody is this three-year, 
three-year-old girl who just really wanted to see Justin Bieber. And so her mom takes out her video and she's, she's filming Cody being held by her old, older sister. And she's crying, she's crying, she's crying. Her mom says, why are you crying, Cody? And she's like, because I miss Justin Bieber. Well, she's never even met Justin Bieber. Um, and it's really, really hysterically funny. And so you, you, you look at this and you think this poor little three-year-old girl is just completely beside herself because she wants to see Justin Bieber. So then here's what happens. This video goes viral. Jimmy Fallon gets gets um, a hold of it. So he invites Cody and her family to come to his studio. And then he invites Justin Bieber, who he's got in the other room, um, to, to come. And then Justin calls her on, on the telephone. And she's like, oh, it's Justin Bieber. And then he walks into the room. And, you know, you see this girl and her face lights up. And Jimmy Fallon says, Cody, this is it. This is the pinnacle of your life. It doesn't get any better than this. You know, she she gets to see the person who she really, really wanted to see. I can't believe you guys haven't seen that. Please, when you leave the service today, um, Cody, Jimmy Fallon, Justin Bieber. All right. Um, and and look at it on YouTube. It's so funny. I guarantee you, you'll laugh through lunch. Well, brothers and sisters. Who do you want to see? Ultimately. Is it a human being, a mere sinful person, a movie star, a teen idol, a modern icon? Or is it God, the living God, the one who made you? And the amazing thing about the book of Revelation is is it gives us this picture of what it will be like when all of us are standing there and we see him face to face and we see our radiant Savior who loved us. And we look, and you know what we see when we see God? When we see God the Son, God our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ Himself, we will look and we will see His hands, and they will have holes in them. And we will see His side, and there will still be a scar. And we will see His feet, and there will be holes. But unlike what our life is like now, we're thinking about that brings tears as we think of what our Savior suffered for us. At that point, we won't be able to cry anymore. We won't have tear ducts in our new bodies in heaven. We will only be able to praise the Lord Jesus for the reminder of what he has done for us. Don't you see what this blessing is? To those of you who have been blessed by God, who have received Christ as your Savior, you have the privilege of entering into the promise of this passage. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness because you shall be satisfied. And blessed are those who are pure in heart because you shall see the living God face to face. It doesn't get any better than that. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that you love us enough that what we get to see is you. And we confess, Lord, that we've wanted to see things that are so unworthy of you. We've wanted to see a person rather than a savior. We've wanted to see a movie star rather than a crucified king. So, Lord, today, take our hungers and elevate them into holy spiritual passions. And take our desires of what we ultimately want and who we ultimately want to be with. And transform them into a desire to want to be with you. Lord God, we want to see you today. Lord Jesus, we want to see you today. So we pray in your name. Amen.